We try to make the hotel so that it will be for the local people, it will be for the tourists that come, it will be for the businesses that come and can think out of the box, it will be for people who come because of activities, and it can also be a celebration. Hello there. If you find yourself looking for a slower way of life, of travels, of connecting to the people and the places around you, you're in good company. Join me, Molly Reese, as I chat with families all across the globe who so graciously welcome the likes of you and me into their homes, onto their land, and about their day-to-day lives. This is Stay in Good Company. Today, we're in great company with Lennart Leibuschitz, founder and owner of Canal Hussel, a boutique hotel nestled amongst the many heritage-protected buildings and cobblestone streets along the Christianhound Canal in the heart of Copenhagen, Denmark. Lennart, welcome to the show. Happy to have you in our company. Thank you. Now, before we get to know the significance of the community center you have fostered at Canal Hussel, we want to get to know you. Can you tell us about yourself, your upbringing, and your personal passions? Well, I'm um, born in Denmark, and my mother's from Sweden, um, and my relatives actually comes back from Poland. I, I, uh, I come into business in a way that was not so normal, maybe. I wanted to be a photographer, but um, in the meantime, I had to make some money, and that was selling uh, broken umbrellas that my father had. Uh, and we sold it on the flea markets with my fiancée at that time, Suze, and um, we got some money, and it worked out really well, and it became a business, and then all of a sudden we had a retail chain with many shops, with a couple hundred shops around the world. We sold it, and then it was like, okay, what do we do now? And then we started uh, a community house in Copenhagen, which used to be a church, and we also bought this building, Kanelhuse, uh, uh, which is on Christianshavn. And we bought another hotel, which is in the north part of uh, Zealand, not like 40 minutes from Copenhagen. And then we became hotel owners and a community house. And that is more or less, and we had kids and, and we, have, we have four kids, we have grandchildren, and they all participate in, the, in our business. So they have helped develop it. The, the, we used to have a, a shop with different prices that was called Zebra. And then all of a sudden, by coincidence, we had a shop called uh, that, that was only for 10 crowns, which is like one and a half dollars. And my daughter thought it was fun that we had a, a Zebra, but then now we also had a Tiger because a Tiger and a 10 is pronounced the same way in Danish, in Tia and a, in Tia which is the same. So I'm used to having my family around me, around the dinner table, and we talk about um, how, what should we do. And the same thing with the building that we're talking about now was that we thought it would be uh, a place uh, where we would make housing, where people would live. And then we said, okay, if we want to make housing, why don't we make it? How do people want to live in the future? And um, then we were very clever until my daughter said, it all sounds very good, but I wouldn't want to live there. And then we started discussing, like, how would we want it? 
now we moved into a part of what what is this the same place as Kanelhuset, uh, but a building behind it which is quite big. And I live there now with my mother who's 95, and my uh, kids and my wife's mother, and we're 12 families living together with grandkids and so on. So that is how my business has developed more or less. Uh, and then we found out in this landmark of a building that we have, Kanelhuse, the hotel, we found out that that uh, it has had to be a hotel. Uh, and, we, and, and for me, I, I think it's always been this way that anything that is normal is boring. So it had to be in a, it has to have a, like a, an edge. It had to be something different. And then we started thinking like, okay, how do we do this? Uh, how do we take the hotel out of the hotel? And that is something we have tried. I'm very familiar with your Flying Tiger stores and, and shops. That's where, when I was a student in Denmark, I frequented for my supplies. And so it's it's so neat to see that this entrepreneurial spirit has been a part of you from the beginning and that you're really instilling it in your children as well and getting their input and, and allowing them to kind of have a peek behind the scenes of what it takes to, to build businesses and, and community spaces like this and places that you would really want to hang out yourselves as a family. And so can you share a bit more about why genuine human connection and this social interaction is so important to you in creating these new projects? I think for me, also as a business person, it is like, what is, what is your compass? What, what is it that guides you? What is your, is there a common mission in what you're doing? And I, and I think it has to do with also looking at yourself. For me, it is, if I look at, at my life, and I look at what is important for me. What is important for me is my wife and my kids and people around me like that I'm very close to. And I found out that most people have it the same way. So it's not something special. It's more like you would say, that is, uh, uh, I hope that you have it the same way, that, that what is around you is, is something that really matters. So the, the question for me has been like, how do I make a place can be a catalyst for making people close to each other. I, I, I enjoy when I meet people that I reflect on, on what, what I'm doing, what they're doing, and how do we have a dialogue. Uh, and it doesn't have to be something very serious. It can also be like an easy access to getting to know people. Uh, but I think that, that it, it, I, I, I feel that my family have seduced me it ha they have taken me to a place that I didn't know existed. It, it, it's like a room that I, I've never been to if, if I haven't met them. Being a father, being married with a, a beautiful wife, uh, having a, a, like the family around you and so on. I feel very fortunate. And I feel that is something that we all want, is something that develops our life into human beings where we have our values in place. So it's also learning the values of life. Uh, like, how do we do this? Uh, and and the big question is then to have a very big, uh, like a, a mission that is very clear. And if there's any mission that is like going through the things that I'm doing, I feel it is, uh, one thing is to be a catalyst for, of getting people to socialize. But saying that is just something you say until you act on it. So you need action on, on, on this. I think then you can talk about how do you do it and how do you surprise people? How do you take them to a place that they didn't know existed? 
uh, I, I think that is the, the, the big thing for me. Um, so when we made the hotel, it has also been like, how do we take the hotel out of the hotel? It shouldn't feel like a hotel. A uh, hotel, it, normally if you go to uh, a city uh, like Copenhagen or Barcelona or any place and you're a tourist, you come, you stay in the hotel, you look at some sightseeing, you do some shopping, you do something on the restaurant and that's it. But you're all by yourself. There's no communication. And if we could make that communication, then we would be very happy. So if I, I can tell you maybe like what is the, the, the how do we do this in, 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 uh, in Kanelhusen? Uh, first of all, the entrance is that you go to the basement. It's a very old building. It's from 1754. It's uh, located in an area that is by the canal. It's just in the center of the city. It's like if you go five minutes, you're at the parliament, you're at the walking street, and it's very, very uh, easy to go around. We have a very good subway system that opened in Copenhagen since you've been here. And uh, you can get around very, very easily and very, very quick. But then when you come to Kanelhuse and you see this old building by the canal, you go into the basement. And then at the basement, you go two stairs up. You can also take the elevator. And then you come to a bar. And the bar is actually the reception also. I have the same work as a reception. And, and uh, you can ask, like, many people come and they ask, like, where's the... the where's the reception and say, this is it. Uh, and in the other hotel that we have in Hornbeck, you walk into the kitchen where the food is being made. So, so we, we, we want you to have like a homey feeling. And then all the um, interior is different old furniture. My wife, Sus, has a company called EEN, e -E -N, Copenhagen, which sells um, chairs, because for her, a chair is a place where you can sit and think or read a book or feel uh, comfortable uh, and, and, and you need a good chair to do that. Uh, and the chairs are very often decorated by textile from um, Swedish uh, textile companies. Some of it is from the 50s, 60s, even the 40s and, and so on. So it's a bit old-fashioned and so on the in interior, but it has many things. You, you, I hope you can feel when you come to Kanelhuse that the paintings, the things that you have is something where someone have kind of put it there because of you coming. It's like a personal thing that uh, there's an intention of this all the time, of every single thing that we do, and we try to make it so that it feels home. Many people say like, oh, my grandmother had a thing like that. That is the most common uh, statement. We have in the hotel uh, 12 hotel rooms and we have 14 hotel apartments. And we have also comf like a, a meeting places for, for, the, uh, for business if they want to come or if you have a birthday or, or so. But, but uh, what we do is that we, we try to attract not only tourists, but also the local people. They hang out at the hotel. Mm -hmm. It's not a big hotel. It's, it's like only with, with uh, 26 rooms or, or 12 rooms and 14 apartments. 
The apartments are made so that you have your, you have a kitchen, you have a dryer, you, you have a, what do you call it, a washing machine, you have a, and there's lots of art in the different rooms. Um, and it should be like the mattress is good. I hope you feel really, uh, you sleep well and so on. We don't have any television in the hotel at all. Uh, and that is because this is just to make a point of saying this is a social hotel. You there's communal dining every night and you sit at long tables and it's uh, being served in uh, trays uh, and you, you kind of share the food and uh, the talk occurs automatically. We don't put like, now you have to speak with someone and so on. You do it if you want to. And if you don't want it, don't. But we have lots of really great uh, stories of people getting to know each other by um, eating next to one. I was sitting one evening at the hotel and there was a 74-year-old woman who said that she lost her husband three months earlier and she felt that she couldn't go by herself to a restaurant because it would feel she would feel a little bit strange. But coming to the hotel and having a dinner with us sitting around her and so on, she felt safe. So I think this of getting people to feel that it's an easy access, it's it's easy to come and be a part of it. And how do you do this? And then we serve things on uh, like. Um, like you have to tell the people around you, excuse me, could you please pass me the potatoes or the salad or the hummus or something? Uh, and we put a whole chicken on the table. Uh, and then it's like, anyone knows how to cut the chicken? No, but if you want, I can try. But then you have a discussion going. We had uh, the staff saying that people very often ask about where the toilet is. Could we put a sign of where the toilet is? And I said, yes. And my wife said, no. And the reason she said no, she said, because people have to ask, excuse me, do you know where the toilet is? Yes, you just have to go behind that door and, and that's where the toilet is. And then, so it, it's like, how do you make ob obstructions so that people will socialize? We're so used to be rational and be like, everything is functional and it has to be the easy way. We are trying to make it really difficult for you so that you might meet someone who you will get in contact with and there will be a nice uh, atmosphere. We had one time uh, an older couple who was sitting next to a Dutch family and they got really well acquainted. Uh, the Dutch family had kids and then they said, why don't we go to our house and have the coffee? And then they went to their house and had coffee. So there's, there's so many stories of, of how people um, meet and it's a nice coincidence. It doesn't have to happen, but it could happen. It all depends on you. If the walls could talk, right? Well, that's that's so great to hear. And obviously, there's so much intentionality behind everything that you're creating there. You know, you're you're making it look and feel and act as if it's your own home. And you wouldn't find placards of instructions in your own home or how to log into the Wi-Fi password or, you know, a whole TV guide or anything like that. It, instead, you would... Just like you said, walk into the kitchen, see what's cooking for dinner, see what your neighbors are doing to their garden out back. You know, you're really finding these little moments to bring people together and ask a question or spark a comment and then see where the conversation goes from there. And that's how these stories are built. That's how these memories are made. And you would never experience these surprise and delight moments if you didn't have those opportunities to go 
away from your checklist of agenda items um, on your tour or things like that. So I, I think that's beautiful in what you're creating and kind of enforcing within within the community that you're building. And obviously people are receptive to it. The fact that the locals and visitors alike feel welcomed here and are able to share their different cultures and different perspectives, but all over a, fam- a family meal. Cutting the, the, the turkey or the chicken is is quite, I'm sure, quite an enjoyable experience. And so I, I want to take a step back before we speak more about, about Canal Husel. Was there a certain memory or moment for you when you realized, you know, you were always an entrepreneur, but when you really wanted to create these community gathering places? When I started my business, uh, which was started on a flea market and then it became like shops and more shops and so on, it was to make some money so that I could pay my rent. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was about, uh, yeah, uh, salary and and having that that, uh, profit to make that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I saw that the customers were some some people that I actually got to know, and I was interested in, in how did they look at this and what we were doing, and I, I was like interested in people and and that what we did had a meaning behind it, and also the staff was all of a sudden became my friends and was someone that that also like. How is their life and what can you expect from them and and so on? And then it kind of started of saying like being more aware of the values. And then I would say I, I, I'm very fond of a Bergman movie called uh, Fanny and Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in the last scene, uh, one of the actors says something like this, says that if you look out of the window, outside the window, there's people who are sick, there's people who are poor, there's people who, there's some people that experience war, uh, and it is very difficult for me as an individual to do anything about it. I wish I could. But in the small world where that belongs to you and me, I have a chance of doing what I believe in. And if I don't do it, I know why the world looks like it does. So it's, it's a little bit like you have to take, I feel, responsible responsibility for like what is it that the values you have and how do you um, actualize these values into life through action uh, and and for me that has been something that came slowly uh, I didn't feel that way in the beginning I felt it was about making money but it ended up being more value driven I also I have to say that now I can afford my living, okay? So what, I, what do you want to use it for? Do you become more happy because you have more money? No. You become more happy if you see there's uh, uh, some of the values that you have is coming into the world. Right, and being able to enjoy those blessings with the people around you too. It's one thing to keep it all to yourself, but to be able to share that fortune and to welcome others to create the same is is exactly what really satisfies us i would say most of the world today is you know helping one another to to create those memories and those experiences together is is really what i guess fills my cup and it sounds like it does for you too <laughs> now how did you actually come across the historic house and how did you choose to renovate it what kind of drew you to take on this project 
first of all, I, I enjoy old buildings. I feel that very often old buildings have a character, they have a history, and uh, they have a personality, a soul. And new buildings uh, very often don't have it. <laughs> I'm not saying that they don't, but they're a little bit like cold. And, and, and where an old building like this uh, actually is, is like, a, as I said, a, 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 something with a personality. So that was it. And, and one thing was that I did want to invest some of, of my money. And I saw that this building, the state sold this building. It used to be, be belonged to the military, uh, but the state sold it and I got it. And that was like to make an investment. But then it was like, okay, how do we, what do we do with this? How do we make this? Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Do you know of places and people we can stay in good company with? Are you yourself a host looking to share your story and welcome in good company? We're always looking for new places to travel, new people to meet. Share who you know and where they are by sending us a note at stayinggoodcompany.com or by mentioning us on our social media channels at Stay in Good Company. We'll be sure to give you a shout out when we're there. It's time for us all to take a trip to Canal Hussle as it stands today. Can you paint us a picture of your property? What can we expect to experience at Canal Hussle? Canal Hussle is, um, is today a place that is a little bit different than most, most hotels. Because most hotels is that you that it attracts tourism and tourists. In this case, we, we have many tourists coming. We also have um, many local people coming in all ages, uh, families, older people, younger people, and, and so on. And we also have businesses who come and wants to think out of the box. And we have activities, activities like uh, we have a running. If you want, you can run with the instructor who takes you running. And as you run, he will tell you about the buildings because he's in really good shape. So uh, it, it's a way of like meeting the area and meeting uh, the history of that place because most houses are about uh, from 16, 1700. Uh, so that's it. Then we have knitting club. If you're into knitting, you can do so uh, at certain times. And also we have yoga a couple of times a week. Um, and um, we also had some lectures and, and so on. And then, of course, we have the communal dining, which is that people come, uh, both local people and um, tourists come and sit together at long tables where things are being served on trays. Uh, and there's a host uh, inviting people in and, and you kind of share the food. Uh, you can buy a bottle of wine that is not too expensive and you can share it with the people sitting next to you and sometimes you meet people we don't you know, like force people to speak but what happens that we see is that everyone gets to talk with someone and you talk about like have you been here before no i've not what's the local area and sometimes you meet people we've had a uh, coincidence like um we had, I, I there was one story was that there was a dutch family with kids who was here and they sat next to an old uh, couple and they became very friendly with each other and then they said uh, why don't we take the coffee at our place and then they went home to their place uh, and we've had many many examples of, of people 
who are very happy that they met someone here. Um, so that is that is what we're doing, and uh, we try to make it also the interior. I think is quite important. One thing is the building is very old, and we kind of took all the artificial things out of the building. So it's, we restored it for three years, and we uh, made it so that it kind of keeps the soul of the building. Uh, but uh, we also have in the interior. Uh, my wife have, have done this, and it it is like. Uh, a style that is from maybe the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and it is something where people uh, feel that this is like the one that I, my grandmother had, or that is something that has a character, it has some style, it has a personality, there's lots of arts, and, and so on. We don't have any TV, we don't, because the mission is very clear, it's about people socializing. So on purpose we said, no, let's make an obstruction, we don't take TV. Um, but uh, more of this, like how do people meet? How do we, you can also maybe borrow a bicycle and you can look at the city uh, from, from a bicycle point of view. Danes bicycle a lot and more than half of the population in Copenhagen goes to work on a bike all year round, even in the winter and, and so on. Uh, and it's not because they cannot afford it, it's because that it, it's like nice to get a bit of exercise and people feel um, oh, there's a culture for this. I think the staff is, what we enforce is very much that it's not a, a waiter or waitress, it is a person standing in front of you. So we try to emphasize on um, the, the people who work here and who do the, the different functions that they show their personality and it becomes real people, not roles that they're playing. Uh, they are hired here because they want to do make a difference for you or someone to come here and have that experience. So that is, I think, very important that, that, that the people who are here are very into what they're doing and they would like you to have a good time. The food is... Uh, it, it, you can have breakfast, you can have lunch, you can have dinner. Um, and I think um, especially lunch is very often smørbrød, which is like an open sandwich, Danish uh, food, with either uh, herring or um, beef or uh, salmon or, or, or so. Or, and it's like, a, this is what many people locally eat, uh, is an open sandwich, which is called smørbrød in Danish. Um, and that is, works very nice. At, at night or at dinner, we have that um, there's a tray with food and we make different food every night so you don't get the same thing twice. And uh, you kind of share it with the people that you're sitting next to. And uh, there's, a, there's some kind of home feeling about like you're sitting here and you're having this meal and you share it with someone and you small talk a little bit and maybe something interesting find out, it works out. It can be that you meet someone who works with the same that you do or know someone or uh, how do they live and, and you can also ask questions. But this is a bit of how do you meet local people and how do local people meet, meet people from, the, from another place. Um, and we also have many Danish tourists. So there's also people coming from other parts of, of Denmark to Copenhagen and they stay here. 
Um, so I think that works well. It's it's a beautiful balance that you're creating, and you know there's such care that goes into yes the interior design of the space to be communal, but then how you serve your meals, and again making that kind of family meal style or those small bites that you can kind of sample and and taste different things, all ties back to that sense of community evoking conversation and allowing your team to speak out and be themselves and to share their local recommendations and their favorite things to do or um, favorite menu items. Just really, to your point, makes it about the community and about learning about the culture and really immersing yourself, whether you're from, you know, right down the street or from another part of Denmark or halfway across the world, like I was fortunate to visit. That's so great to hear that you've been able to really, at each moment throughout someone's stay at Canal Husel, that they're able to to really celebrate that. Now, do you have a favorite season in Copenhagen? And why is that? Can you share some more about the produce or the weather or local celebrations? I think if, 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 if I should plan a trip to Denmark or to Copenhagen, I think I would prefer either April or May or Uh, August. I think August is maybe my favorite um, because you have the long evenings where you can sit out and and it's bright and it's mild weather. It's not very warm, but it's not very cold either. And it it's just a an, nice and somehow it makes you quite calm. Uh, it's easy to just feel good and calm and uh, you can You don't need to go to bed early. You you stay up late, and then I think also in April, if we go back in April, I think that the tree starts getting green, and everything is waking, you know, waking up, uh, and and I, I I like that. I think also that we've been we have such a big hunger for spring that everyone puts on a pair of sunglasses and wants to walk a trip in the forest. Uh, And and just to smell and breathe the, the the spring coming. I completely agree. I was there during the dark days of winter, and then I remember that first taste of spring, the first sign of the longer days and the sun being out. Everyone seemed to congregate at the canals with a beer, a glass of wine in hand, and it's like the the world stood still for a moment. Everyone was there and present in the moment and enjoying the sun and enjoying the community and just meeting everyone around them. So that's definitely one of my favorite moments in Copenhagen. And it seems like you really have that fond appreciation for the change in seasons, the hygge and the coziness of the winters with the comfort of being inside and being with the community, but then opening those doors and windows in the spring and enjoying the outdoor activities, the biking, the canals, etc. So in being a local in Copenhagen, what do you like most about your town? Are there certain places to eat or things to do that you would like to, to speak to? First of all, I think Copenhagen is not a, a big city. It's uh, actually a small city. It's easy to get around, very easy. Absolutely. Either you can go by bike, We also have a metro station, metro that is now a new, uh, a subway. Uh, we have, um, there's many parks in, in Denmark, many very nice parks in the city. Um, and you can go and see the small mermaid or you can go different places, but there's many, many, many parks in, in Copenhagen. And, and also I, I think that you can feel very uh, safe and you can feel very 
like uh, there's nothing that to worry about. I, I, I think Danes don't feel that there is areas that they shouldn't go to or so. This is kind of a safe spot uh, being here. So uh, you don't need to be afraid of anything. You can walk where you want and have a, have a good time. Um, besides that, Copenhagen, I think there's many thing with old houses, there's many old houses. We had a king, the Christian IV, who lived from 1588 to 1644, and he built so many buildings, and we still have them, and they're being restored and, and look really well. Danes have become more uh, outside. It has been, there's many cafes, there's many things to see. You can also uh, go to the Royal Palace, you can go to this park, you can go to the Meatpacking District. And we live, our hotel is actually a, a neighbor to Christiania, and Christiania is a place that I, I would say, it used to be the military until 1971, and then it, it, some hippies took over the place because the, the, the military had left the buildings, and it is still today a, a, a quite big place with many buildings. It's, it's fun to see it and to see the anarchy that, that is there, uh, because everyone does what they like to. It's definitely a, a creative space. I, I loved some of the, the restaurants, kind of pop-up restaurants that they were producing. And yeah, it's just, it's definitely like you're stepping into another world there. You can also go to, out of Copenhagen, there's a, a half an hour uh, train ride, uh, which is Luciana, which is a museum, a modern museum, and it's located by the sea. And it is a very beautiful building. Uh, and I would say, in my opinion, the most interesting uh, museum we have uh, with modern art. There's another museum, which is also very nearby us, and that is called the Glyptothek, uh, which is the founder of Carlsberg Beer, uh, had a big collection of um, very old uh, Greek and Egyptian and other things, uh, art, and made a very, very beautiful museum uh, just next to Tivoli, which is also another, it's like 10 minutes from here. Uh, so if, if you're here, you, you locate it right in the center, and uh, many buildings, many museums, many parks, uh, many places people hang out, uh, very easy to get around. Um, so the only thing is go. Yeah, absolutely. Go out, explore the city, and then come back and talk about it. Share your stories over dinner or the next morning at breakfast and kind of look forward to your day ahead. So it's nice that you're, you know, situated in a place where you're allowing your guests to go out and explore, but also to come back and to share what they've learned. Now, you mentioned your previous projects in Absalon, which is a community space in Copenhagen's Vesero neighborhood and Hotel Hornbuck House um, in the more quiet parts of Northern Zealand. And so as a lifelong entrepreneur, do you have any advice in beginning new projects or kind of keeping your vision alive throughout? I would say to have a strong mission. Why are you doing what you're doing? You don't need to know how you do it, but you need to know why you're doing it. And if you have that why really strong, then I think you will find a way by... Correcting. It's not mistakes, but it's more corrections 
to find your path in how to make that vision uh, come clear. But, but I think the, the worst is if you don't have a mission and you don't have a clear mission, you go two steps forward and three backwards and two steps forwards and, and, another, and one backwards. And I think it, it, it becomes a little bit empty. I think it's also to put your heart into it and be personal that you, that you don't talk of them, but you talk of me and you instead. Absolutely. That, that's great advice. Something I will take to heart personally. I sh- I'm sure I speak for both myself and our listeners and wanting to know what the future holds for you, your family, and your future guests at Canal Hussel and your growing list of community places. So can you share a little bit of what's next or what projects you're working on and looking forward to? Yes. First of all, I have to say that we try to be frustrated all the time. I'm frustrated and the staff is frustrated and that frustration is a positive thing because it means that we should never feel that we are done, that, but we're always on the run and we always try to improve things. So I don't know how it will develop, uh, but we keep on asking ourselves, like, where do we go from here and how can we do more and so on. So at the moment, we are, we've been at music festivals, we've done different activities out of the house. We have tried, we've been trying to give our experience to other people who wants to make something that is similar because it is very value driven. It's not about profit first. Profit is a side element of it. Don't begin with saying that, uh, how do I make money? Uh, if you don't have money, you have a problem. But if you have the money a little bit, then it's more like what is important for you. And then out of that can come an effect that is called money. Uh, so frustration, I think is good because that keeps you on your toes. Um, I would like to make a place called Ping Pong City, um, which is about table tennis and what table t- and use table tennis as a tool of how people can socialize, how they can become better in what they're doing. It's, it's for all ages to play table tennis. And since I've been playing table tennis for the last more than 50 years, I feel that uh, it, it, I think it works really well for, for, for people. So that is one project. And then I'm, I'm trying to work with different um, uh, groups of, of how do we develop our cities? How, are, how is our cities going to look in the future? And what is our need? How, how do we change our needs from a, a functional and materialistic uh, point of view? to a more value-driven uh, base if, if you can afford it, if, if it is possible to do so. And how can you make it affordable for people? You definitely have that influence over the city. You understand the sense of community that you're able to create and that you need to create throughout. And I think it's those little moments, like you said, table tennis, that are accessible to all, that spark conversation, sparks friendly competition, and creates a lot of fun memories. So I'll look forward to seeing some of those experiences and, and gathering places pop up throughout. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Are you too planning your upcoming travels and in search of independently owned and operated stays and experiences to visit along the way head on over to stayinggoodcompany.com or our social media channels at stayinggoodcompany and drop us a note with where you're going and when and we'll be sure to set you up in good company for your trip just don't be surprised if we hide away in your suitcase and join you in your journeys 
So now that we know what it's like to stay in good company at Canal Hustle, we've learned and grown in good company with Lenart, and thus we have a few final questions, what I like to call quick tip-of-the-tongue table topics. So these are some just quick questions for you. If you personally had to choose from the list of activities offered at your hotels, what would you choose? Communal dining. Communal dining. I like that. I think I would choose that too. <laughs> I think it, it makes small miracles. Yes, I, I would definitely agree. Would you, so on the conversation of dining, would you rather smorbrot or Danish snail, which is that kind of breakfast cinnamon roll pastry for those who are not familiar? Smorbrot. And do you have a favorite style? Uh, I like the salmon very much. <laughs> I like uh, smoke well, that is uh, the fish or vegetables I like. Yes, I definitely prefer the salmon over the herring myself. Yeah, yeah so me too. <laughs> do you have a favorite guest story that you'd like to share? I know you've kind of sprinkled a few in, but anything else come to mind? One day I was seating a boy and a girl for communal dining and they said to me that they would like to sit at a certain place and I said why do you want to sit here and they said well that's why we met each other a year ago so that is like a love story and I I think that it almost sounds like a movie or too sweet but but it's true and I I think it's nice that people have met and maybe they get together right Right. There's so much that happens inside your walls that you're not even aware of and so many memories created. So it's nice when you get to see those moments take place again, time and time again. Now, do you have a an unsung hero on your team that you'd like to raise a glass to now? I have to give it as a collective uh, praise. And that is, I think the staff works really well. I think they're doing such a great job. And I think that they are showing their personality and I think they should have a, um, it should be a praise for all of them um, that they're doing so well. Mm-hmm. We, we did very much in the beginning that Susan and I and my family, we very much wanted in a certain way and we pushed it and it was very, um, we controlled it very much. But as time goes, we kind of made a culture where they are deciding. So we have decentralized the, the decisions, they can make decisions on their own. They don't have to ask me of, of something because they know what the mission is and they know that they have the, the trust or I trust them that they can see what is right and what is not right. Yes, that, that's a huge testament to what, you, what your vision is. Like you say, you keep going back to your vision and allowing others to believe in that and to feel empowered to take that on as their own missions and visions um, is quite inspiring. Now, you mentioned that your family is very involved in the day-to-day as well. So do you have a favorite family tradition, whether or not that's shared with the guests? We have a meal every Friday night and we sit together and uh, we don't we, we, we took the t- television away when the kids were very, very young and the oldest one was very young and that made us talk around the table. And I think that uh, that's an advice I can only give you is that uh, it distracts you very much. And I, I think, I mean, people feel lonely if they only have their computer and their TV and so on. And I think uh, a way of, 
of getting that closeness to your family, again, it has to be done through action. Commonly, mm-hmm. uh, we had. I have to say, we also did one thing on Friday night, and it was also when the kids were very young. We said each of us had to say, "What is the best thing that happened to me today?" And then Simon or Rebecca was maybe three or four, and they would listen to what the adult said and they would say that in the kindergarten this and this happened and we were listening to them so it was listening and giving and speaking uh, i think that was uh, a, a good thing of of um, and the kids loved it actually uh, to tell what they what happened in kindergarten or something on school uh, and we've kept that tradition even though now they're older that's beautiful. Yes, having that moment to share um, and to go around the table, and and even just the significance of the table itself, and all you know, looking each other in the eye and sharing the food that's in in front of you. Um, that's that's quite special. So I can see how you've opened that up to your guests as well, and why that communal dining is so important to you. And so, if you could stay at a family owned and operated stay somewhere yourself, anywhere in the world, where would you go? We were inspired by a hotel in Stockholm, uh, in Sweden, which was called Edhem. Edhem means a home. And there was a villa with only 12 rooms, but uh, it was a very nice uh, hotel. And uh, you, could, uh, you could put on some music. There was a record player if you wanted. You could go to the kitchen and say, do you have some food? And they said, yes, what would you like? And they would make you that food. And I think it was a really nice hotel. So that is my favorite hotel. Oh, that sounds like something I'll have to add to my list. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Lenart, and for showing us the importance of creating spaces that foster social interaction between people. Thank you. Thank you for listening along. I hope you found yourself to be in good company. I know I did. Be sure to rate and review. Invite your friends along and find out more ways to stay in good company in the show notes below. Until next time, remember to slow down and to savor the company you're in. Cheers, my friends.